Goff forced out of the pocket right side. He's going to be tackled behind the a line. Another sack, and it'll bring up fourth down. I'm just trying to make the most of the days I do have left, just uh, spending more time in the facility than I probably would, just trying to be around the guys and because these are moments you don't get back. Uh, it's easy when you're a freshman to just want to get out of the facility because you're there all the time, but you realize when you're a senior, like you only have so much time left, so you just want to soak up those moments with all those guys. So it's super satisfying, especially last year, making the decision to come back was ultimately to play in the Mountain West Championship game and win it. So uh, being able to accomplish that, uh, especially after everything that's happened this season when uh, we weren't really given a shot and uh, I mean, that was just the cherry on top, you know, to uh, win that game. But I'm fired up for this next game, fired up to close out uh, my career as a Bronco on Saturday. We are running out of time in the 2023 season for the Boise State football team. And DJ Schramm is running out of time in his amazing Boise State football career. Welcome on in to Jay's Sports Bar. I'm your host, Jay Tust, a special Bowl Week edition of this. Kekala Kaniho, the former three-time All-Mountain West defensive back, is going to join us today. And uh, Kekala, we just heard from DJ Schramm. I, it wasn't that long ago for you. And everybody wants to focus about, like, the final game, right? Mm -hmm. But I am assuming for you guys it's, like, the buildup to the final game, your final Monday practice, your final Tuesday practice, your final Friday walkthrough. Like, yep. what was it like kind of going through those moments for you? Yeah, it's pouring everything you can into it. And the biggest part is just enjoying the time with the guys. Like, you'll stay later than you probably have before, not watching football or studying or doing any of that stuff, just hanging out with the guys and – talking and being in the weight room with the strength staff and hanging out with your coaches and letting them know really how much you appreciate them and how much fun you've had and like getting your last snack out of the snack shack and <laughs> taking your last shower in the shower and enjoying all of that. So when you're conscious of it and you know that it's there, which I think every senior should be aware of that and kind of have on their calendar those things so you can be in the moment and appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't view it as a distraction. I think that's like no. a made-up thing yeah. to slow it down, to appreciate mm -hmm. it. How hard is it to say goodbye to a place that you have poured your literal blood, yeah. sweat, and tears into for, for six years? How hard is that to, to say goodbye to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. Real, I mean, there's two ways to go about it. If you, if you did everything you could, right, and you poured, like you were saying, your blood, sweat, and tears into the program, mm -hmm. Much like DJ Schramm did, I know that he'll leave there with no regrets of, hey, I gave everything I could to this program, to these guys, to these coaches. I came back for another year to help lead this team. We got it done, mm -hmm. right, this last year. You can walk away from that feeling pretty good about all of those things. You're still going to miss it a ton, and you're going to miss the guys, and you're going to miss the camaraderie, and you're going to miss the laughs and the bus rides and the plane rides and the jokes with your coaches and the inside jokes in the locker room about your coaches, you know, or other guys <laughs> on the team, like that stuff you're going to definitely miss. But everything else, if you know you left your your stamp and your mark on the program, there's no reason to yep. really sit there and soak about it, but just be glad of what, what you did, you know. I've covered this team for such a long time. I don't know how many players I've probably seen, you know, come into and leave the program, but – I mean, in upwards of you know twelve, thirteen years of covering this team, it's it, it's crazy to say, but it's it's got to be probably six, seven hundred people that I've mm -hmm. seen filter through that program. And as we sat there talking with DJ Shram the other day, man, like as a former athlete in a previous life, it seems, 
um, him just sitting there and saying, man, like I'm at peace with it. Yep. Like I, I know I did my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have any regrets. Oh yeah. Like for me, that's something that is like when you are my age, DJ <laughs> or K Kala, those are the things that you're going to be like, Oh man, I don't really have a regret. Like yep. there wasn't a way, there wasn't a, a training session that I skipped, you know, mm-hmm. or, or was late to, or, you know, something that you're like, man, I, I left a little meat on the bone there. Like you, all the meat's gone. Right. All your eligibility's gone. Yeah. There's, that's like the worst pain you can feel is regret, right? If mm-hmm. you're, uh, if you know inside of yourself you didn't do all you could, then you're always going to be, what if this, mm-hmm. what if that. But for a guy like DJ, you look back at his story and he, I almost felt like me and DJ were the same class because he early enrolled the spring semester, which was only my second semester and finishing my freshman year. So, mm-hmm. At times I was like, this guy's in my class, but I was like, wait, no, he's actually the class after me, the whole math deal, you know? Yeah. But seeing him early on as a young guy, like, you want to talk about um, being committed to a program, paying your dues, not playing right away because there were a lot of guys kind of in front of him who were established players in that linebacker room and position, but contributing a ton and being a starter on special teams, which... You don't have to be just a starter on offense or defense to be considered a starter at that program. Mm-hmm. If you start on special teams, you know what it means to be a Bronco and sacrifice your body and your everything that you have for the team. And DJ did that for three three years, right? Three mm-hmm. or four years before he became yeah. the guy. Yeah, basically, yeah, I mean... The last two years were his. He, he, had, he had his red shirt year, then three years of that, finally became an mm-hmm. all-conference linebacker, a guy yep. that really could have contended for mountain was defensive player of the mm-hmm. year and he was that same guy coming back this year which was his covid year mm-hmm. but some injuries kind of prevented that yep. the good news for dj dj starting to play like his old self right now totally. which is it's like it's awesome and it's sad because <laughs> i wish he was able to escape some of these injuries I we know. saw more of this for for his sake and for this boise state defense's sake yep i mean like that's that's what happens when you're committed to a place you're committed to your process you're committed to the guys you're committed to upholding your own excellence Mm -hmm. once you finally get your shot i knew when dj was going to play he was going to be ready to play because he took every single rep as the backup like he was going to be the guy starting and built the trust with Mm -hmm. the guys in practice every single week to know if he's out there on the field with us we're still good there's no drop off or no fall off because of everything that he's done to lead up to this point yeah i've probably asked you this before but i'm going to ask you it again kikala because i also think this is like the highest honor of being a player at at Boise State. Mm -hmm. And it is years after you are gone, the guys that are in the program at that moment in time, they still reference you, whether it be the way that you watched film, you worked out, uh, your game prep, how Mm -hmm. you had real confidence that you took care of everything um, Monday through Friday. So on Saturday, there was no thinking, there was just playing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go way back to 2012, Jamar Taylor left. And I felt like years later, we heard Jamar Taylor's name came up. Mm -hmm. Um, I know DJ Schramm is going to be one of those guys. You hear Avery Williams is one of those guys. And really recently, and I I actually now I'm I'm remembering, I did tell you this because your name came up when talking about a a player currently in the Boise State football program, Ty Benefield. Kids playing at a tremendously high level, and it's because he knows how to prepare. Mm -hmm. He is unbelievably mature for his age and uh, more specifically his grade, which he is a true freshman. But to, to hear that stuff, and you, you probably don't hear it unless somebody in the media or maybe a player really comes back around and says, hey, I don't know if you, 
you knew this, but coaches were, were hyping you up because you did it right. Like, what is it like to hear that come back around mm-hmm. years later after you're done playing? Yeah, it's one of those things of you come in and you leave a p- place better than you found mm-hmm. it or took it over. And I think that's part of the standard and the culture of why you come to Boise State is because when you come in as a young guy, you have so many guys who have done it really well for a long time. And that's years and years and years of building that success through doesn't matter who the coach was, doesn't matter who the players were, there's this continued and consistent success. And so as an older guy, you have all the tools right in front of you. And if you've been a guy that's been playing for a long time, there's no shame in pouring that back into the young guys. Cause you know, as soon as I'm gone here, like that guy has to be more prepared and more ready than hopefully I was when I was mm-hmm. his age. And that's just a testament, I think, to all of those guys' character, DJ being one of them. Like, he's going to be the first guy to make sure that he has all the linebackers in the room early, there for meetings, answering the questions, staying late, making sure the young guys um, are on time and early to their things. They're handling their responsibilities. They're paying attention when they're on the sideline. They're taking all of their reps during individual the way that it's supposed to be um, taken. And the same thing off the field, you know, doing that in school and graduating and he's a engineering major right like those are hard Mm -hmm. classes that you're spending a lot of time doing (laughs) so for a guy to play that high level of football very consistently every single week and have graduated with a really hard degree you're not Mm -hmm. just doing like the common business not saying common business aren't hard degrees I hear but you. you're you know you're doing something that is really hard and you spend a lot a lot of time doing more so than probably any other regular college student you're saying it's not a communications degree I am saying that that's messed up Gala. <laughs> no I hear you and every time we talk with uh, DJ about like what's next for him you know coaching is I, I it's in his blood mm-hmm. and he's so he's such a good role model and mentor that I think that is a, that is eventually going to be his calling. I, I really do. And with Spencer Danielson now as the head coach at Boise yeah. State and their connection, their bond, it just seems like that's something that's inevitable. But DJ's answer to it, you're right. He got an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. Like he's he wants to yeah see if he can do that and be good at that totally. because he spent so much time in 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 that. Yeah. And I respect that. He, he's a he's a brilliant kid, and I'm I personally I'm going to miss covering him because. Um, you also knew what you were getting every time you talked with DJ yep. or watched him play, and that was all-out max effort. Mm-hmm. Another guy that is exactly like that as we start to kind of see who is who's playing their final games. I mean, we know Cade Beresford, Garrett Curran, DJ Schramm, Riley Smith, mm-hmm. although Riley, after Spencer was named head coach, is, is, is trying to find another – Year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, bad news. I think you're completely out of there. Really. <laughs> They're going to force you out of college, buddy. Another great kid, great character, awesome leader. Um, one that kind of kind of crept up on us, though, is George Halani. Mm-hmm. And um, we're still going to talk about Ashton Genty coming back. Uh, we're going to talk about the transfer portal, NIL, the the impossible odds that Boise State over, overcame to get to the Mountain West Conference Championship, only to blow out the team mm-hmm. and the Mountain West Conference Championship. But I want to give George Halani a little bit of his due here because fans are, I, I think, I'm never one K Kala to give a couple people on Twitter a huge voice and make it seem like it is the, it is the majority. Uh, it really, it's only a couple of voices, right? Earlier in this year, uh, Ashton goes out, George comes back. and Great timing. I, I, great timing <laughs> for, for Boise State football. 
I, I kind of tweeted out, like, George was back. It was Fresno State, and George was starting to, like, look like his old self mm-hmm. again, and there was a negative reply to that, you know, uh, George Hulani or something kind of along those lines. Mm-hmm. Man, if, if you knew the human that George Hulani is, yep. I think so highly of him. And I got to say, I, I can't pretend like I know him super well, but I, I, and I'm assuming he, he'll probably never listen to this, but I hope he knows, like, how highly I, I think of yeah. him. I have a really – I have an admiration. I have a great respect for George Helani mm-hmm. because of um, it's nothing he says. It's everything that everybody says about him and gets back to you. Ashton Genty, man, if I'll, I mean me as an athlete, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I, I'm not the man. I, I could not do what George Helani did. Yeah. I, I couldn't. He, and, and what I mean by that is George Helani took Ashton under his wing and gave him everything, man. Yep. Like this is how you succeed. And it was almost like he was giving – this young kid with all the ability in the world, the playbook, mm-hmm. how to take playing time away from George. But yep. George was so selfless, he was cool with that. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I really, I really, really admire He's great. That. Yeah. George is the ultimate example of um, humility, but also um, having the heart and the work ethic and all of the God-given abilities mm-hmm. and skills and talents to be one of the best running backs that has ever played here at Boise State. But, yes, to your point, the most important one is humility. Like, George, everybody knows who George is and what he's done on the field and how great of a player he is. That could easily turn a guy into really arrogant, egotistic, like, mm-hmm. I'm the man, I need to be the guy, give me the ball every time. All George did with that was say, hey, I'm going to keep doing whatever I can to help this team. And me helping the team is also teaching this young guy or these young guys, right, other guys in the room too, here's how to be a running back at Boise State and how to be a great offensive tool and weapon and teammate at Boise State. And by you doing that, it's also helping me and us to where now I can play to my potential when I'm in the game. Mm -hmm. You can play to your potential when you're in the game. And watch out when we're both on the field together, who are you going to guard? Who are you going to tackle? Where's the ball going? You know, like all of it comes full circle for George's story of he'll be another guy that once he leaves. Absolutely. Let's talk about George for the next five to ten years mm-hmm. because of the guy and the person and the player that he was. Mm-hmm. This is how you be the best teammate. Yeah. While being one of the best players that ever played here. Yep. And um, I'm just saying, man, I, maybe not everybody sees it. I see it. You can tell by the way George walks up to an interview. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can just tell. Yep. He's got. He he kind of just strolls up. He's confident, not in him, not just only in himself, but his teammates. He also just has this like super humble approach about him, and he's he's an all timer for me. Ashton Genty will tell you this. He would not be where he is today without George Halani. Mm-hmm. Now the reason why we're talking about George. You know, for most of the season, I think we were all under the interpretation that George still had an additional COVID year of eligibility. But as we have kind of recently found out, that might not necessarily be the case. And we caught up with him recently, and he said, you know, the coaches have have been asking him what's next for him. And he said, Kekala, that even he really doesn't know at this point. Mm -hmm. Coach has been talking to me, talking my ear off and seeing, you know, what's going on, what's next. But uh, honestly, uh, I don't even think I have any more years of eligibility anyway, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, for sure. Um, I I don't think so. Um, just because the amount of games I played, I, I think there's a specific rule with that. But um, yeah.
That's hard news to hear. George walked on senior day just in case. That's what they've done kind of through this COVID era. If you've checked the box that you are a senior in any way, shape, or form, you walk on senior day so you have that moment. Yeah. Um, but now we're kind of finding out that he doesn't know. And, uh, you know, I, I, it would probably be kind of convoluted if I tried to explain it, but he's trying to basically use a medical red shirt for the COVID year, but the COVID year didn't count. Hmm. He has played four years. It's just a it's just a really weird in in an era where it seems like everybody gets that additional yeah. year of eligibility. Yep. This might be a case where it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, you kind of went through not something similar, but you did try to exhaust all of your eligibility. You had a COVID year. You technically were at Boise State for for six years, right? Five, five years, mm -hmm. five years, right? Yep. yep. Okay, so when you were trying to come back for that fifth COVID mm -hmm. year. How, like, do you, how did you make sure that you were eligible for that? When did you know? Like, yeah, is it just assumed? I think um, my year was a little bit interesting because my true senior year, mm -hmm. I played freshman, sophomore, junior. Senior year was twenty twenty, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like, this is it. You're gonna be done after this year. Well, that was COVID. Like that season was COVID, where we played yeah. seven games or whatever. And so before we even jumped into that game. A lot of us were like, hey, let's be very clear. We understand what the NCAA's ruling is on this and what the school's policy and ruling is on this. So for me, it was a little bit different because I got the answer right away and I knew that directly applies to me as mm -hmm. senior. And here's what it's going to look like right after the season finishes up. Um, but to your point, if you weren't a senior then and you're a junior, sophomore, even freshman, and then you also had the red shirt deal, which you're like, okay, this is right. the normal red shirt that always happens no matter what. And then you get mixed in with maybe a medical red shirt. And then you're like, I do have a COVID. It gets really hard to keep track of all yeah. of those numbers and years. I could ease, I could see how it's easily like slips through the cracks of, wait, I thought I had one more. And then mm -hmm. whoever, I don't know who the ultimate ruler that says no is. I don't if it's either. the NCAA or the schools that are like, actually, no, you're done. I, I think we should find out, or somebody should say. Yeah, we'll follow up on it. From the university or NCAA, like, we're the people that say how much mm -hmm. left you have to play. We'll, we'll follow up yeah. on that. And uh, just to be fair, too, I, I don't think we could have just assumed that George was going to exhaust all of his mm -hmm. eligibility. Like, throughout this whole thing, he said he wanted to get to the end of the season and make that decision. He's a guy that I think wants to try himself in the NFL mm -hmm. one day. Yeah. And so who, who knows if we could even assume that he would have wanted that. Mm -hmm. We're just kind of starting to find out now that it might, it might not and likely isn't even an option for the guy. Yeah. So hopefully he goes out with one last bang in this bowl game. He says he is unequivocally 100% playing in this bowl game. Yeah. You're going to have to rip George Halani off that yeah. field probably as he plays uh, for what we can just go ahead and assume right now will be his final time as a member of the Boise yeah. State football team. Yep. Uh, sticking in that backfield, Ashton Genty, man. Uh, Spencer Danielson had the headline this week being named head coach, but Ashton Genty, uh, definitely not intentionally, I say this completely jokingly, but tried to steal that headline, man, yeah. with his announcement that he is coming back to Boise State for another season, um, ignoring or at least passing on a lot of the opportunities that we can all assume came his way mm -hmm. to remain a member of the Boise State football team is just is massive news, Kate Callum. Yeah, it's great. I think that's the beautiful thing about college football and why it's so much different than the NFL, which made it so great to watch for all of these years. And I hope, even with everything going on, right, transfer portal, NIL, college um, football playoff expansion and conference realignment, like the beautiful part is when you come to a place, that place and community, takes you in with open arms and now you like are 
indebted, not indebted, but you're intertwined and interwoven into that community to the mm -hmm. point where everything that you want to do and be about is to give back to this place that's given you so much and brought you in with open arms. And that's like the school pride, the school spirit, the you're walking downtown when Boise State's playing yeah. on the road, but all the bars and restaurants are like, Boise State, after a <laughs> touchdown on TV, right? Like, that's the stuff and the school spirit and the pride um, that you come to those schools to play for. Mm -hmm. And I think Ashton's felt every ounce of that from the day that he's gotten here and is a huge part of why he feels so comfortable and so good being here in this place, not only for his opportunity to play football again on this team, whatever that looks like next year with the coaching staff, but to do it for this town and this community that everybody will know who Ashton Genty is years and years and years and years. His name will live forever here in Boise. I want to add to that. Before we go any further, Ashton Genty on why he decided to stay at Boise State. It just furthered what I said, you know, how much love this place has for me. And it was amazing to, to see that, you know, that, that response. And throughout this process, you know, I've had a lot of different people, family, friends, outsiders, just, you know, you know, feeding things into me. And, you know, I never really got to hear my own voice, you know, through all this. So, you know, I was able to really sit down and, you know, really think about things and not just the money, but just every single detail. And the common thing was, you know, that this was the right place. This was the best opportunity for me, which was to stay here. So Ashton Genty certainly feels the love mm -hmm. of this city, this community, uh, obviously Bronco Nation. You touched on it a moment ago, Kay Callen, and I really do think there's some significance to being a member of the Boise State football program after football mm -hmm. here in the city of Trees. I think there are so many programs that you could go to around the country, and the moment your eligibility is done, you, you probably are a little bit of an afterthought. Mm -hmm. But it really seems like there is a strong network oh, yeah. in, here in Boise where once you are done playing, it's like the, it's a springboard that you are offered that, man, the, probably the, the common folk don't even have mm -hmm. that, that allow you to chase a career after life yeah, that's, or after football. Yeah, that's very true. I think that would be my case to the players when we bring them in here. Like if you do what you're supposed to do on the field and that we ask of you in the classroom and in the community, you're going to leave here with a 40-year plan to jump right in and know, you know some of the most respected businesses and people here in the community because mm -hmm. those are all the people that are your loudest fans and biggest supporters when you're on the field. And what's so special about our community is we're small enough where we're, once you leave Boise State, you're not just a number in the community. You can pretty easily become a significant part of that mm -hmm. and be as involved as you want or feel called to yeah um and jump into whatever that career might look like yeah let me let, let, have a let, big impact let, let's give an example this kid Kala. and it's funny because you decided to go into commercial real yeah. estate mm -hmm. and in talking with you whether it be commercial real estate um or or other you know professional avenues i guess it's so funny to talk to you and see how well you're connected and mm -hmm. how many guys are still yeah. like in the game i mean sam mccaskill elliot hoyt uh, alec danins i mean it's crazy how many guys yeah. are, are still in this area and chasing another type of dream mm -hmm. yeah you step off of one field and you just find what your next playing field is you're going to take the same process the same habits the same tools that you've built on the football field and it's going to directly translate into that life mm -hmm. the thing being you just played four or five years 
at the biggest show in town. And so, like, once you leave, that's still the only thing that everybody talks about. Uh -huh. Like, when I get together with my buddies or people at work, we come in after a weekend and it's like, how about the Broncos this weekend, <laughs> you know? Or like, are you going to the game this weekend? Like, yeah. yep, I'm going to the game this weekend. Can what you, are your thoughts? What do you feel, you know? Give me an example, Kekala, of how your, uh, your the, the Boise State football fraternity also helps you kind of do what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if, if you have somebody in, in the business world that wants to rent out a place for a restaurant, but is also looking to move to Boise and buy a house, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Do, you, do you have an example of how like your network has has really worked out one way? I mean, it could be somebody's looking to buy a house and then wants to open up a restaurant, so your buddy calls you. Yep. You know, yeah. do you, do you have an example of that? Yeah, I've uh, already gotten some referrals from some residential real estate buddies who are like, "Hey, I helped this person buy a house three years ago. Their business is growing. Can you go help them find a commercial space?" Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. And a lot of my clients that I work with or have great relationships with were built on so great to meet you we've watched you the last five years mm -hmm. you know you were an awesome player to watch and we appreciate everything you did for us while you were on the field yeah or it's showing a space and i introduce myself right hey kikaola how are you how do you say it <laughs> okay kikaola okay gotcha gotcha where's that from um hawaii how the heck did you end up here um boise state i went there and played football and they go Oh. I knew you looked familiar. What's your last <laughs> name? Cuneo, they're like, see, I knew something was, you know, right. different about you. I could tell, like, I recognize you, but I don't know where from. Yeah. That's, then there's a whole other 30-minute conversation, you know, mm -hmm. about my time there. And that stuff happens all the time. And so, yeah, when guys finish up and they jump back into the community, it's like, if you carry yourself the right way when you're playing, mm -hmm. keep carrying yourself that way in the community. People know, see, and talk about the great things that you are doing and so just hold your reputation the best you can and keep putting your best foot forward yeah i that for the, all those reasons right there i do think that boise state is a special place because of the, the people here and, and the chance you have a you, you can really grow and mm -hmm. uh i mean there's many people too we talk about this like i think some of these guys they've already gotten married started families i yep. mean yep. boise kind of sucks you in I, I wasn't even a football player that covered the team and it sucked me in <laughs> um but getting back to the the, the player on the field with ash and genty yep. i said it immediately like it like let, let's go start the heisman campaign mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. he he is legit he can handle it he's another guy that is is super humble um, he confirmed to us that NIL was a part of this. He is receiving something. I'm not going to speculate what, how much, because that's, that's for Ash and Genty to decide mm -hmm. if he wants to release that information, in my opinion. But for, for him, he's an incredible football player, and I, I think that Boise State should just get back behind him, and mm -hmm. they can use this as a vehicle or, or, or a, an example in the future where if Ash and Genty 2.0 comes in in five years, they can show you what they did for Ash and Genty 1.0 with all the support, mm -hmm. all the exposure that they provided him and, and how they took care of him. Yep. And so this is, this is a great example of a kid probably sacrificing. Uh, it's safe to say he's sacrificing something to, to return to Boise State because other schools have collectives that dwarf Boise State's in all honesty. Mm -hmm. But um, for him to come back and do this, I, I think they get behind him and start the Heisman campaign now. Yeah, totally. I think um, with all the opportunities that he probably had to go elsewhere, and if you want to put a dollar amount on it, whatever that might be, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is the case of when you come to Boise State, this is how we're different, and it's not just the dollar amount. Mm -hmm. There's all of these other factors that a guy like Ashton Genty is also going to sit down and think through which I'm really glad that he did, mm -hmm. because if you're just looking at the dollar amount number, 
there's going to be always more somewhere else, yep. right? But there's all of these other factors and things that played into his decision or anybody's decision to come back. And I think we hold a lot of weight here in Boise for the community that we have and the Treasure Valley as a whole and all of the things that you get to experience as a student athlete here. You know, there's so many ways that, you know, our, our, our brains are stimulated these days and it's way beyond just human interaction. It's social media, it's TV, it's, mm-hmm. it's every way, shape or form when you're the level of athlete that, t- that, uh, Ashton is, and and people will talk about you and want to make assumptions about your future. And he said through this whole process, he realized his own voice was kind of getting lost a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right. And so he needed to separate himself. Uh, you know, he said he prays, he's a spiritual man and he kind of relied on that. And eventually he was able to kind of escape, hear his own voice Mm -hmm. and make his own decision. And I, I brought up the Heisman and I wanted to ask Ashton, does he think he can win a Heisman here? I don't know if he said that, but he said we can win a Heisman here. Take a listen. Mm-hmm. I've done some great things this year, and you know, um, I'm thankful to have the team around me that I do to you know be able to do these um, amazing things. But you know, at the same time, I'm always striving for more. I'm always striving for better, and you know, uh, I definitely one thing on my list is definitely to come for that Heisman. Um, but you know, it's not just me getting that; it's going to be the whole team working to help me get that award because you know any individual success you know it's it comes from team success so i think you know it won't be much different in that but um like i said i'll keep finding ways to get better keep finding ways to help this team win so oftentimes in boise state football we kind of get used to cliches k Calla. we get used to players kind of sidestepping tough questions getting us back with kind of more of a vanilla answer so just to hear ashton genty kind of acknowledge like yeah, Heisman, okay. Mm-hmm. And then kind of further explain, he knows it's going to take a take a team effort to get him there. Um, I, I think it's awesome, and I think it could be a really, really exciting time oh, yeah. in, in Boise State football to get back behind this kid like this and, and mm-hmm. see if you can support him and give him the exposure that puts him in that conversation. Because if we've learned anything about the guy on the field, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's a power five, group of five, top ten – I mean, the University of Washington's playing in this college football playoff and Ashton tore them up, yep. right? Yep. So it, it didn't matter who the competition was. Mm-hmm. If you give him the support and, and, and exposure, he's going to back it up on the field. Oh, yeah, totally. I like that answer a lot by Ashton because acknowledge it, but selfishly and being biased as possible for Boise State, <laughs> like as soon as we accept and know – Yeah, we are one of the best universities and football teams in the country. Like, don't let the outside um, analysts and conference deciders and college Mm -hmm. football playoff selectors tell you what your worth is or what it isn't. Like, Mm -hmm. we know what we have here. Ashton, like, keep that mentality and spread that throughout the team because as soon as you allow yourself to believe it doesn't matter who we play, we're the best and here's the reasons why. That's when you beat the top 10 teams. That's when yep. you beat all of these people that we weren't supposed to beat. Like, I'm really happy that that's the mentality that he has because now more than ever, it's really easy to look outside and be like, this team went there and this team went there, but we didn't go there. Does that mean that we're less than or we're not in the rankings? Mm-hmm. Like, no, like we got everything we need right here mm-hmm. and we're the best. Yep. Like, we will I've be always, the best. I've always felt like in my heart of heart, I kind of – it fires me up when Boise State football players talk like that because, um, yes, the, at one point in time, this program really embraced the underdog role and it 
help this program become one of the winningest in program history. Mm-hmm. But their position in the Mountain West, I think if you have I, I don't know, I this just might be a me thing and a mentality thing, but I almost don't love the underdog a- approach, or at least kind of thinking it that way. Like there's humble, hungry, all that stuff. Yes, like mm-hmm. that 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 is the approach. But I also think there's a moment where you show up, you expect to win, and be like, no, oh, yeah. like you're you're coming from us. Right. I think John Morant said years ago, you don't want the smoke, you are the smoke. That's right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so so Boise State needs to have that mentality, like, no, we're we're the smoke. Mm-hmm. We'll run out the chimney and get you. You That's know what right. I mean? I mean, the underdog mentality, to your point, is somebody else's opinion of you. Right. And like. Vegas's opinion of you, communities. That's probably you know, mostly like, it, yes. Um, whoever ranks the top 25 teams, their opinion of you. Mm-hmm. It's not your opinion of yourself or what you know you're capable of mm-hmm. or what you have put on tape Monday through Friday, to your point. Mm-hmm. So I think we're at a great spot now where it could be like, dude, we're the best. And we can say that because we know we did X, Y, Z mm-hmm. throughout the week, throughout the off season, with the right guys in place yeah. to be like, show up and line up whatever they told you you think you're worth whatever they said we think we're worth like let's find out right now Mm -hmm. and we'll show you why we're the best and we've certainly found that out recently boise state down and out man Mm -hmm. there are certain calculations and certain people that did calculations (laughs) that whittled this thing down to a 0.1 percent chance that boise state could win the Mountain West Conference Championship with everything that had to fall in their favor and with Boise State taking care of business, 0.1%. So, Kikala, in in a span of one month, the Broncos went from a 0.1% chance of winning to an absolute blowout victory Mm -hmm. uh, over the team that they face in the Mountain West Conference Championship in a game that was not even close. Like, not only on the scoreboard, but you looked down on that field and saw the talent on that field, it wasn't even close. Mm Yeah, that's um, that was a great weekend for all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. They hit a ton of adversity throughout the year, like we'd talked about before. But what did they do? They just kept putting one foot in front of the other, like we talked about, as cliche as it sounded. They got some of the right pieces in place for them to really cut it loose, right? Play fast, play smart, play together. And whatever your record is, whatever UNLV's record is, mm-hmm. that's that case that we just talked about, like on paper. Um, UNLV's record is better, so somebody's saying that they should be better because of that. Our record is not as good. We shouldn't be as good, whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. But I know those guys in the locker room knew, dude, we're watching these guys on tape. We know what their weaknesses are. We know what our strengths are. Mm-hmm. We know how to. We know what their strengths are and how we're going to slow that down. And when you show up and you execute on those things and you do it over and over again, you end up winning by 20-plus points. Yeah. And not even making it close. It's kind of fun. I've been doing this long enough to where if you like really listen to interviews, you start to get a different kind of interpretation of them. And no player at any point in time prior to the UNLV Mountain West Conference Championship game said, we're going to boat race them. Mm -hmm. But if you listen and you just kind of (laughs) hear like how some of the preparation and stuff was going, I was like, God, these guys are going to kill them. Oh, yeah. Like like the the way they're talking, the confidence, how they all feel. If anybody that's talking about feeling rejuvenated and fresh in, in week what would have been 14 because there's the bye. Mm-hmm. Anybody that feels that in week 14, watch look out, out yeah, man. Look out. out. And that's the way this team feels right now. Yep. Spencer Danielson, officially named head coach. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about it? Love it. Everything about it. Most deserving guy. He earned it for sure. I'm going to ask you a tough question to follow this up. Yeah. So 
we have all at some point in time in our playing careers likely came across somebody that you would view as a player's coach, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes players' coaches can give a little bit of leeway. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the right players and the right culture, they can take advantage of that leeway. Do you think in any way, shape, or form this happens? Um, happens here? Yeah. Um, no, because Coach Danielson is a player's coach in the sense of he loves his players mm-hmm. and his players love him. Um, he respects his players and coaches and they love and respect him. Um and he's built trust over time by a lot of his actions. Mm-hmm. But if you know Coach D as well, you know that he's going to be the first one to hold you accountable to what you said and we said we were all going to do. Mm-hmm. So as soon as there's any deviation from that and you take an inch and you try to take a mile from it, mm-hmm. he's going to be the first one to also hold you accountable and be like, no, this is the reason why I'm giving you guys that inch or some leeway. Use it for the right reason. If we're not using it for the right reason, there's also other ways that I can – yeah. handle it and make sure that we're going in the right direction it's so funny man i can tell that you're so close to this team because talking with a couple of players mm-hmm. almost the exact same response that they gave me who who they like the spencer danielson they see behind the scenes is the same spencer danielson everybody sees yep. in front of the scenes right yep. like the, he is the same guy but that being said, there is like maybe some of the stern accountability we don't necessarily see. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if stern's the right word. It's just accountability, yeah. man. Like it's just accountability. And it's built through that trust and that respect that he has had since the day that he arrived on campus. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that is, is kind of re- repeatedly echoed. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. I view coaching a little bit differently, differently these days. He's a man of purpose. Man that's of purpose, man of action. Like when he tells you um, – He's not ever going to make you go through the motions or just do things to do things. There's going to be a purpose for every single thing. So show up and do it. You yep. know? And you understand what that purpose is. Okay, so this is how maybe I, I think this relates to how they're practicing right now, K. Kala. Mm-hmm. So at certain points in time throughout the season, and you probably know this too, if you're having a practice, and there's probably a variety of reasons, but maybe the most common one is something is not going good. It, at practice, there is a giant clock in the corner, and there, there are two numbers, and one is the – uh, one is the period, like mm-hmm. what, what, what period you're in. Yep. And the other one is a, a countdown clock, right? And once the countdown clock hits zero, you go on to the next next period, yep. right? And at times, I, w- I would assume mostly because of something poorly has happened, that clock can stop. Mm-hmm. And from my understanding is they're no longer stopping the clock, mm-hmm. which means it is also heightening the sense of urgency to make sure that you are performing each and every rep to the best you possibly yep. can. Yep. And with that being said, it has also slightly condensed the actual time that they are practicing. Mm-hmm. And that is why you continuously hear everybody that comes to that podium, man. I feel fresh. Yeah. I feel like this is the healthiest I've been all year. Yep. We're in week 14, people. <laughs> like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, that's a great way to do it. If you, as a player, know, hey, this is what the time is that we're going to be here. And it comes back to respect, right? Like, the player-coach relationship in terms of time, if I'm going to respect – your time you also need to respect our time Mm -hmm. and so when you say we're going to be here from this time to this time and this is how long practice is going to be if it's more than that and you're taking now more of our time Mm -hmm. then there's a little less trust that what you said is actually going to happen and then you do that enough times over and over and over again 
And now it's just numbers on paper or words on the wall that you can't really trust because you know that there's things that happen outside of that mm. where you're not sticking to that. Whereas when you show up and it's like, these are the periods, this is the time we're going to do it from. Here's the reasons why. I need you guys every single second of this practice to be locked in because we're not getting these reps back. And if we do need to get them back, maybe we have to do a walkthrough in the afternoon. Mm. But if we handle everything we need to right now, you guys got your time. We're good. You gave us, you gave us your time. And uh, we're going to give you back your time, mm -hmm. you know? I also think that there's uh, <laughs> the, the the amount of player accountability it seems like we've seen over these last few weeks, too, is, is also heightened. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys have said, now I'll run through a wall for Spencer Danielson. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could just turn Ahmed Hostanin into a wrecking ball at this point. Yeah. And, uh, maybe he could help us with some of our demolition here on the KTVB totally. uh, studios because we're going under, undergoing a little bit of a renovation right now. As we move to wrap this up, Kay Kala, uh, we look at the bowl game really quickly here. UCLA on deck, a, a chance for Boise State to end the Bruins' Pac-12 era with a loss as they set off for uh, Big Ten country after yeah. the season is done. Um, you got the chance to play Oregon early mm -hmm. in your career in the Las Vegas Bowl which is now the L.A. Bowl, you guys hammered Oregon that day. Yeah. Um, what type of opportunity is this to end your season on an extremely high note? And, you know, and uh, for, for some it will be the final game for Boise State, at, at Boise State for others. It will build momentum going into the offseason. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You know going into that game that the team's never going to be the same again mm -hmm. because guys are going to come, guys are going to – leave guys are going to be in different situations next year so it's your one last opportunity and shot to do it with this 2023 team with these seniors with these coaches that are still here so you go out there and you understand the severity of that and the urgency of it mm -hmm. but you use that as motivation to finish what you started and do it the best you can the transfer portal is going to impact this game on both sides mm -hmm. uh Taylor green won't play in the game um boise state's going to play quarter whoever starts whoever plays in this game has never technically thrown a, a pass uh in, in a football game before colt fulton threw a two-point attempt but that actually does not go down on the stat sheet as a pass attempt yeah. so both teams impacted by the transfer portal boise state in my opinion seems like they're playing for maybe just a little bit more at this point especially with the excitement around their new head coach how do you think this one plays out? And are you ready to potentially give us a final score of this thing? I might be. Uh, the, the people in, that have all the bright lights in Vegas that continue to add to those bright lights that only get brighter say that uh, this game, Boise State, a two-and-a-half-point underdog at this point in time. Two-and-a-half-point underdog. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I haven't watched any of UCLA at all this year. Mm -hmm. What's kind of their story? Are a they... little bit of D. Or not, I say – They've actually been more of a defensive team. Okay. Uh, they're starting quarterback into the transfer portal, like mm -hmm. like Boise State. Um, they've just got some unknowns. They've lost some pieces up front, and it just doesn't feel like – it feels like they're kind of more one foot out at the door into the offseason, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yep. They're also UCLA. They'll yep. have depth. They'll have talent. All their recruits have tons of stars, right? So mm -hmm. it could be an opportunity for some young guys mm -hmm. to, to potentially shine as well. That's great. I think uh, we're going to beat them by 17 points. I don't know what that final spread is, but I love I loved that they have the ranked guys. I love that they have the stars. I love that they have guys one foot in, one foot out, because yeah. that's the perfect storm of, like, who told you you have those stars? Okay, like, who cares? Mm -hmm. Show up. We know what we've been doing. Yeah. You see what we just did against UNLV. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to be in our way. 
Let's line up and do it. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. No fear, hey, man. All that I no care. Fear. All that I care is Boise State has one star, and his name's Ashton Genty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least one star. <laughs> hey, two's back in the backfield. I like Boise State's chances. Kikau, it's been fun. Appreciate you joining us this week. A special early week bowl edition of Jay Sports Bar. How are you going to watch the game? you going to watch it from home, get ready for the holidays, set up yep. the Christmas tree? I'll watch it here from home, um, probably get together with some buddies who are here in town, and then uh, get ready to take off for the holidays. Yeah, okay. be All right. home. Okay, Cal Kaniho, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. This is Jay Sports Bar, serving the Idaho sports community.